Well, good morning again, and thanks for joining us online. If you are new to this online space, uh, my name is Jeff Strong. I'm one of the pastors here at Nelson Covenant Church. I want to welcome you this morning. If you have a Bible handy, turn to John chapter 3, the Gospel of John chapter 3. If you don't have a Bible handy, you can just open up a Google tab, search John chapter 3 Bible. NIV is a good translation, New International Version. That's the one that I'm going to be reading from. Okay, let's get started. 2020 is in the rear view mirror and people are jubilant. Uh, speaking personally, 2020, I was thinking about it. It might have been the most challenging year of my life. Uh, this is kind of the order of the major things that played out in my life during the last year. So our family moved in early January to provide a home for my mom to live out the last year of her life. And then we renovated at a breakneck schedule uh, so that her and her partner could have a space downstairs. Then a few months later, we entered into a pandemic. And one of the big changes that that brought about was more homeschooling or online learning or non-schooling. Depending on the day, we were kind of moving into those different categories. But it was really chaotic. My wife and I trading off chunks of spaces so that we could help our kids learn and obviously challenging for them. As a church, we stopped gathering on Sundays and then we started up again for a limited time with a limited capacity and went to two services and then we stopped again. And then starting in August, my mom be really began to deteriorate. That deterioration escalated uh, September through October and then she passed away in November. And that was just sort of like the big things. Those were like the big markers of 2020 for me. Through all of those, in between all those cracks, or in the cracks between all those fissures, there was a near continual pivoting and adaptation to new challenges at the personal and professional level. And so I moved into Christmas pretty tired. And in the days between Christmas and New Year's, I really only had uh, one ambition, and that was to try and rest, try and step back, think about 2020, and then pray a lot about where I needed to grow in the year ahead, given what I've learned this past year about God, about myself, about life, about ministry, all of it. And I don't know what challenges you faced in 2020, but I'm very confident in presuming that they were not easy. I bet they've left you wanting 2021 to be very, very different. And this is a time of year where we just crave a change. We crave renewal. As the calendar turns over, it becomes a psychological impetus for new goals and new aspirations and new ambitions. We're, we're looking for a fresh start. And maybe this year more than ever, because it's one thing to simply want to move into a new year with a blank slate, but after coming through 2020, there's sort of this extra excitement that we get to leave the year 2020 and all of the disruptions that it presented to us Again, in that rearview mirror. And after the year that we have grinded through together, I think many of us are looking for change. We are looking 
and hungry for a fresh start. And we're hungry for a kind of reset. To reset something means to set it again or to set it anew. So if you think about a bone that's broken, it needs to be reset. Or a clock whose timekeeping gets disrupted because of a power outage or a power surge, it needs to be reset. Or when I'm at the gym and I'm doing an exercise and I'm getting tired and my form is starting to break down, I'm beginning to kind of follow my body's path of least resistance, my coach stops me and makes sure I do a physical reset of my form so that I don't injure myself. And I was thinking about resetting in our lives and I thought that as we move into 2021, it's important to reflect on the fact that taking moments to reset are really, really important. A quality life is actually built upon timely and effective resets. If you never push the reset button in your life, if you just continue to charge forward and plow forward, then my experience is you end up sort of just stacking dysfunction upon dysfunction and malformation upon malformation and you end up traveling down the wrong path for way too long and we end up collecting patterns and practices and pain that over time just begins to become normalized and we are carrying them and even though they're a burden we sort of get used to them in hebrews 12:1, the author challenges christians by saying since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, it's sort of an athletic metaphor of competing in an arena and surrounded by fans. Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let's throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles so that we can run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And that challenge to throw off everything that hinders and the sin that entangles, that to me sounds like an invitation to reset. To shed the dead weight so that we can actually live and love the way God intended in a totally unhindered way. Life is tough enough. Living and loving well are difficult enough already. Do we really want to be doing it while we're carrying all this extra dead weight? Today, I want to begin a series called Reset. And this is basically what I want to do. I want to look at the meta habits, the overarching habits and postures that lead to real recovery, real renewal, real restoration within our lives. And when I'm talking about these habits or what I'm going to refer to as meta habits, I'm not talking about sort of tips and tricks or life hacks. I want to look at what are the foundational habits that get underneath the surface and lead to real growth? Growth in our character, growth in our emotional, psychological, spiritual maturity, and a strengthening across the dimensions of body, mind, and spirit. And the reason why I want to do that is because I want 2021, regardless of how it plays out in terms of the specifics and in terms of the challenges, I want this year to be exciting and meaningful and important and productive and peaceful and fruitful. 
One of the things I realized about 2020 is that I spent most of my time sort of on my back foot. I was knocked off balance almost continually, and I spent a lot of my time just trying to stabilize myself under changing ground. And that's, I think, many of our experiences. That's fine. We've never been through a year like we just experienced. And so a lot of us probably felt like we were in that posture, sort of a defensive posture, waiting for the next shoe to drop. But as I was thinking and praying about the year ahead, you know, in my quiet moments, one of the things that really came to the surface for me was that I don't want to live that way in 2021. I don't want to live on my back foot. I don't want to live defensively. I want to set my feet upon solid ground, upon the solid rock of Jesus and his teachings, and then move into the new year with a sincere, confident, bold faith centered on him. And in thinking about how that interfaces with that scripture from Hebrews, I guess a different way of putting it would be, I'm tired of being an athlete. I felt like in 2020, I was an athlete who was running the race, but trying not to lose. But there's a difference between being an athlete who's trying not to lose and an athlete who is running to win. And I want to run 2021 as if I'm trying to win, to love well, to live well, to honor God in all things, and to make the course corrections needed to move into all that God has for me. Again, irrespective of how the details of 2021 play out. I really do believe that an exciting, meaningful, important, maybe, um, maybe as a whole a turning point that 2021 can be one of the best years of our lives and it's within all of our reach. And I do believe that God can and God will bring it about with our cooperation. But it will require our cooperation. We'll have to cooperate with God. And that cooperation has to begin with a great reset. I don't know if you've heard about this plan yet, but there's a kind of a group of global influencers connected to an organization called the World Economic Forum. And they have begun a call for what they are calling the Great Reset. And the details are a little vague at this point, but this is what they have on their website. They say the vision is to improve the state of the world. And so we are starting the Great Reset Initiative. And we want to achieve a better outcome. And to do that, they write, the world must act jointly and swiftly to revamp all aspects of our societies and economies from education to social contracts to working conditions, every country from the U.S. to China must participate and every industry from oil and gas to tech must be transformed. In short, we need a great reset of capitalism. And they end their vision by saying incremental measures won't suffice. We must build entirely new foundations for our economic and social systems. That's the plan for the Great Reset. Now, in reading about these plans, even if you're hearing about that for the first time, you, you probably have one of two reactions. One reaction is to say, wow, 
that's really bold, it's innovative, it's courageous, it's seizing the moment and trying to leverage it to move towards a brighter and better future. And it might be inspiring because you hear in the language this desire to tackle some of our most pressing problems all at once at every level of society. And then other people might hear something very, very different. When they hear about this great reset, they might instinctively kind of recoil from it and say, that kind of sounds like a foolhardy authoritarian vision that even granting good good intentions is likely to lead us down sort of a dystopian path of unintended consequences as we empower a relatively small group of people to re-engineer every aspect of society across the globe simultaneously. Now, regardless of what you, how you react to hearing about this great reset, I think it's important to recognize that those who are a part of forwarding this vision do get something right. That there is something in this present moment that gives us an opportunity to reset and to go in a different direction. Disruptions do that in our lives. We kind of begin to cruise control and sleepwalk through our life and a disruption, although it's uncomfortable, can break apart our rhythm and our patterns, wake us up a little bit and cause us to say, I've been going down this path for who knows how long. Do I still wanna go down this path? Or do I wanna turn towards something different? Do I need a reset? Now the question is, is this group's great reset the reset that we actually need? Is the great reset the path that we actually want to go down? Do we want to turn away from where we are on, the path that we're on, and turn towards and go all in into their great reset? Personally, I'm pretty skeptical about it. One principal reason is that the Great Reset's fundamental presupposition is that we as humanity can engineer a new world where these themes of recovery and renewal and restoration are going to be manifested at every level of society and through our efforts and our innovation, our ingenuity, our willpower, we can start fresh. In a sense, we can reset, we can be born anew into a new age and a new creation of our devising. Now, for those who have ears to hear, that sounds a lot like a modern-day Tower of Babel project. And whenever great endeavors have been pursued without God and the deep humility that comes from recognizing that we need to lead yes, societies and nations in the world under God, the results have often been disastrous. However, in looking at this proposal and trying to apprehend its vision and its intention, it did get me thinking about a great reset that Jesus spoke of. In John chapter 3, verses 1 to 7, we read this. There was a Pharisee named Nicodemus who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. And he came to Jesus at night and he said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. No one could perform the signs that you do if God were not with him. 
And Jesus said, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they're really old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they can't enter a second time into their mother's womb and be born. And Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. And you shouldn't be surprised at my saying that you must be born again. What does Jesus mean when He says you must be born again before we can enter or even see the kingdom of God? He's saying that we need to be born into a new nature. When you and I are born physically, we're born into a human nature, but the Bible also calls it a sinful nature. It is a nature where we are bent towards rejecting and ignoring God and doing the wrong thing and spreading hurt and pain comes naturally to us. But to receive God's Spirit-led nature, to be renewed, to be the image bearers that we were designed to be by God, we have to be reborn. Or a fancier theological term is regenerated. Something deep within us has to be brought to life that only God's Spirit can do. We have to come alive to both the power of God and the priority of God in our lives. And the New Testament speaks to this born-again or regenerative uh, experience again and again. In Colossians 3.10, Paul says, you have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge of its Creator. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, if anybody is in Jesus, the new creation has come, or the new birth has come. The old has gone. The new is here. The old ways of understanding who you are and what your place in the universe is and what the purpose of everything is, that, that's, that's faded away. And now God has brought to life the truth and given you access to a new way of seeing and being in the world. Titus 3.5 says God saved us, not because of the righteous things that we have done, but because of His mercy. And then it says He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. Don't miss that line. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal through the Holy Spirit. That's how a great reset in our lives actually comes about. That's how we get unstuck. That's how we get set free. That's how we are healed from sin's power and shame's defeating spirit. That's how we become children of God. Accepted, forgiven, loved, sealed, empowered to a new kind of life. One that extends out forever. This is really important to understand. That before anything else, spiritual rebirth must happen. You must be born again before God's deeper, transformative, restorative movements in your life can really happen. That's the first step. That's why I'm not starting this series by jumping into the habits that will help us reset the principles that we need to adopt if we really want to experience renewal and restoration in our lives. Because 
you can pursue all kinds of resets in your life. You can have the best of intentions to move into 2021 with a clean slate and pursue renewal in your marriage and your relationships and your parenting and your finances and your job and at the level of your little community or the broader community or society or nations or the world. But if we pursue those things as unregenerated people, as people who are dead to God and His purposes in the world, then our efforts aren't going to amount to very much. They're not going to make much of a difference. We're going to be sort of polishing deck chairs on the Titanic. If we want to experience a reset in our lives that truly opens up recovery and renewal and restoration, we need to hand our lives over to Jesus. Jesus says, you want a reset? Absolutely. I hear that longing. I appreciate that longing. And I can provide you with the satiation for that longing. I can provide a reset, but you must be born again. And only my Spirit can do it. So if you are someone who has never yielded your life to Jesus, maybe you've read about Jesus, you maybe have an opinion about Him, maybe it's even a generally positive appraisal of who He is, but you've never actually yielded to Him and said, I want you to be King and Lord over my life. The way you reset in Jesus is to turn your life over to Him completely. You need to turn from your pride, your independence. You need to stop rejecting and ignoring God, running from God, holding God at arm's length, and you need to turn to Jesus. You need, you need to admit to Him that you need His help, that you need His power, that you need His forgiveness, that you need His grace. And you need to commit your life to Him. Not simply committing to believe in Him, because too often people... Um, understand believing in something as just mere intellectual assent. Yeah, I believe Jesus is the Son of God, whatever. That's not what Jesus wants when He says you must be born again. He says, come to Me, receive a new kind of life with Me now as your leader moving forward. So it's not committing to a new belief system, but an entirely new way of life. Not just believing in God, but now walking with God, learning to walk with God. And the Bible says, if you turn to Jesus and ask for that sincerely, then rebirth happens. New creation has come. You might experience it in a powerfully um, emotional way. And you might not. It doesn't matter. The point is, when we yield the throne of our hearts to Jesus, the Bible says, God begins a work by sealing us with His Spirit. And we've been born again. And now we take our first steps in learning what it means to grow as a follower of Jesus. And so if you are an unbeliever in need of a reset, turn to Jesus. But what about if you are a believer? What if you are someone who says, I sincerely gave my life to Jesus five, uh, 10, 50 years ago, but I still find myself hungering for a reset. 2020 has been hard in a number of areas of my life. And I come into 2021 Maybe optimistic, but also bruised and battered and weighed down. Maybe that verse from Hebrews resonates with you that you're like, I am still running my race, 
but I feel like I'm carrying a lot of dead weight. And I can't even parse some of it out. I just know there's a lot of hindrance. There's a lot of weight on me. There are burdens. Maybe there's just life bloat. Maybe there are sins that I haven't reckoned with. But you are running with dead weight that you don't need and you are looking for a reset. What is yours to do? Yours to do is the same as to the unbeliever. It's to turn to Jesus and to ask for help. And ask Him to show you what needs to change this year. Ask Him what needs to change this year starting today, right now. And as He begins to put things in front of you, a relationship, a pattern, a vice, something that He wants to want you to start using more of. Whatever it is, follow through on it. Do it. Write the letter. Make the phone call. Have the conversation. Commit to a plan. And in the midst of that, ask Him. Say, Jesus, what are all the ways that I am subtly hardening myself against Your Spirit? Will you show me all the ways that I'm hiding from Your correction, that I'm fleeing from Your presence, that I'm kind of shelving your purposes in my life. Show me all the ways that I started with you at the center. I started racing and pursuing you and glorifying you in all things. And over time, because of a bunch of little decisions, I've sidelined that vision. Get alone and get real with God and pray the prayer that David prayed in Psalm 51. Create in me a pure heart, God, renew a right spirit in me. God, I had a right spirit. And now all kinds of things have happened to me. I've done things and it's a mess. And I need a reset. I need a fresh start in you. Renew a right spirit in me. That's been part of my prayer in leading up to the calendar turning over in 2021. God, renew a right spirit in me. No more running. No, no, more, no more running my way, race trying not to lose. I'm going to run to win. I want to shed all the dead weight. And then as he begins to show you what changes need to be made, follow his lead. Stop resisting. Stop thinking that you know better than he does how to run your life. The, the world is anxious for a reset. We're craving it. Look at the exuberance of people who even though you know, flipping over the calendar on one level is simply a psychological line in the sand, there were still so many people who were like, just that act, just now writing 2021 feels like there's a potential for a new start, a reset, maybe even a great reset. And the good news is a great, a great reset is absolutely available. And the even better news is that that reset isn't grounded in the schemes and strategies of an elite group of people at the global level. It's grounded in the mercy and power of God. And it's available to you and to I today, right now. An exciting, meaningful, joyful, more fruitful 2021 is absolutely within the reach of each of us. Because God can do it and will do it 
with our cooperation, but it will require our cooperation. And that cooperation begins with the biggest reset of all. Jesus said, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Let's pray. Jesus, may these words penetrate our hearts, meet us where we're at, call forth in us by your Spirit, through your Word, what we need to yield to you, whether it's our whole lives for the very first time or a recommitment of sorts. God, renew a right spirit within us. We want a reset, but we want it done within the context of your power and grace and goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. So as you move into this new week, friends and family of Nelson Covenant Church, may you celebrate the one who provides the great reset. And to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work in you, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. And may the love of God the Father, the grace of God the Son, and the fellowship of God the Holy Spirit be with you all as you move into 2021. And all of God's people said, Amen. God bless. Thanks for joining us. If you access our newsletter that was sent out on Friday or our home worship guide that was sent out this morning, we will be doing a Zoom communion together in about half an hour at 10 o'clock. And the link is provided there. God bless and thanks for being with us.